The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. Listen to Matt Slick Live. Hope you're all having a good day. Okay, a little FYI. Let's see. In uh, three hours, I'll be on uh, Clubhouse just doing a, a Wednesday night Q&A thing. So I'll be doing that. If you want to join me, uh, you can just go to Clubhouse or, uh, you know, on, on your phone or Club Deck. Uh, you can download it for the PC and uh, you can, you know, just type my name in. I think you'll find it or whatever comes up. Do a search for Christian and you can get in there. And I usually do two hours of just asking, uh, answering questions. Sometimes we have little mini impromptu debates with people because they want to challenge. And we have some people, let's just say, who don't have alder paws in a litter box and they come in and I'll let them uh, stay on there because I want to use them as uh, examples of uh, what not to do and things like that. Uh, so uh, we sometimes discuss the Trinity um, oneness, Islam, Catholicism. I'm thinking about uh, putting up a, a room here pretty soon. Uh, is Roman Catholicism true? I was listening to Roger Samaritan today, listening to some Catholic radio, and uh, oh my goodness, it is so sad. It is. Come home to the church, not come home to Jesus. Come home to the church. Yeah, the church. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway. So that's just some of it. That's barely even scratching the surface. A lot of bad stuff there. Yeah, I believe the Roman Catholic Church is not Christian. And um, if you want to talk about that, you can. And uh, you can give me a call. We can interact on that one if you like it. It's what I said or don't. You know, that's okay. All right. Three open lines, 877 Also, if you want to email me, if you're not comfortable with being on the air, you want to uh, email all you got to do is um uh, just info i mean just info just email us at info at org. info at org. really easy see simple easy stuff easy peasy so there you go i think that is about it so why don't we then just jump onto the calls let's see let's get to anonymous from north carolina welcome you're on the air Hi, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, sure. I heard you talk, I hear you talk a lot Mm -hmm. about um, pastors and elders being Mm -hmm. male Mm -hmm. in the Bible, which I agree with. And I want to specifically talk about deacons, because Mm -hmm. whether you feel like biblically deacons should only be male. We are finding a lot of churches that seem to be sound doctrinally and biblically, but they are allowing female deacons. All right. So what I'll do is answer it by going to Scripture. All right? So what I'm going to do is yeah. uh, read a little bit, and uh, women should not be deacons, okay? That's the short story. But uh, let me do this. Um, it says, this is what it says uh, in Titus 1.5. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you would set in uh, order, and, what, and uh, what remains are appoint elders in every city. If a man's above reproach, husband of one wife. Now, it says there, husband of one wife, okay? And uh, that is, it is uh, anermias gunaikos. 
So the elder must be a husband of one wife. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 2, an overseer uh, is, is a, in the Greek is episkopos. Now the word elder is presbuteros. So we have presbuteros, an elder, and an overseer is a episkopos. An overseer then must be above reproach the husband of one wife. Right there, it says a husband of one wife, and it's um, it's there. It's uh, Andra from Aner, Andra Mias Gunaikas, a man or husband of one woman, is what it's saying. So this is what it says about the elder and the bishop. Now, let's go to deacons, and this is in First Timothy three eight. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, deacons must be men of dignity and that is a plural masculine form there must be men of dignity not double tongued or addicted etc these men must first be tested and the word it doesn't say here's the thing it doesn't say men anthropos or aner I've explained something in the Greek you can have words that are masculine feminine and neuter so, for example, agathos is simply the word good, but it's masculine singular. Agathoi is masculine plural. Agathai is masculine, I mean, is feminine plural. And so they do this in Greek where the nouns have specific gender assigned to them. And this is what's going on. It says uh, that uh, deacons uh, must be men. And then the word here, like, for example, in First Timothy 3.10, these men... And, but it's actually saying these ones is like what it's really saying, except the, it's in the masculine form. So these masculine ones. That's why they say uh, husbands, because then it comes into uh, the word uh, in verse 12, deacons must be husbands of only one wife. And then we have um, Andres Miaskunaikas again. So the, the, the condition is a, a husband of one wife or man of one woman, basically, for deacons, bishops and elders that's what the bible says okay yes i i agree with you and specifically with verse 12 i don't see how um women how they can you know with it being husband of one wife but we're finding that a lot of pastors are talking about verse 11 mm-hmm. where you know it says their wives likewise and they say that can be interpreted as women wives can be women as well yeah guna or gune okay and it's a woman wife it's spoken of young uh woman maiden an adult woman etc so uh women uh the literal i think the literal is either deaconess wives or deaconesses so we could talk about that okay because you can we can talk about deaconesses in a second they're not office holders. They're servants, because that's what a deacon is—a servant, from diakonos uh, to serve. Like anthropo, I mean, uh, ap- apostello means to send. An apostello apostle is a sent one. So that's what's going on. Anyway, so women uh, or the wives must be dignified, not malicious gossips, temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be uh, husbands of one wife. And so, now they might say, "Well, what if the person's not married? What about that?" Well, the cultural context was that men and women married very early because their lifespans, if you lived past 40, you were doing pretty well. And so they got married early, 
They're betrothed early, and it was just understood in the Jewish culture, that based, and even the Greek culture, you had wives early. Uh, you know, you got married early. It's just how it was. Not everybody, but that's just the norm. So it's normatively speaking, you'd be you know, a man of one woman. You're, you're married to one woman. It's not uh, more. And so if someone says, well, you see, not, what if someone's not a, uh, you know, not married, so then he can't be a pastor, can he? Because has a husband of one wife. And so what they're trying to do is, is say, well, you can't take it literally then, can we? And you could also say, well, they must be have children, plural, who believe. Well, that means uh, that if you only have one child, you can't be a pastor. So that what they sometimes want to do is get very literal when it serves them. But I ask them and I say, look, what, what's going on here is normatively speaking. Can it be, is it possible for a woman to be uh, a, a husband of one wife? No. Okay, issue settled can't be uh so elders are not to be women pastors are not to be women deacons are not to be women according to what uh, paul says okay yeah i agree do you think um in your opinion would you would you attend a church that has like deaconesses now it depends if say i went to a church and they had a deaconess i'm going to go to the pastor who better be a male and I'm going to say, I'm just curious, what's the office here that she's holding as deaconess? Well, we just use the title, and she just serves meals. Is she uh, in authority? No, she's not. I'd let it slide, but I'd have a discussion with a pastor and say, it's not a good choice of words. So normally speaking, the deacons are the ones who help the, the people, who help others in the church, and that's a job for the men. Now, some people say women are better at men. Maybe they are. But the men are supposed to be the ones who are in spiritual authority in the church, and the women can work under those men and do some great stuff. That's that's not a problem. And and uh, they're underappreciated in a church as far as I'm concerned. Okay? Okay. Um, okay. You were talking about Catholicism, and if, mm-hmm. if you have a moment, I'd like to ask you another question. Sure. Okay, I have a really good friend who is Catholic, and she told me that she just, um, her and her husband just did a convalidation ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to do with marriage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I I wasn't familiar with that, and I was just wondering, like, I just I just want to help her and guide her, and wanted to know like your thoughts about that. Yeah, convalidation deals with. When uh, a man or woman are married, maybe he, she or he wasn't a Catholic and are married outside the church, or they were Catholics not really walking well with the Catholic Church, and then they got married outside the church. A convalidation is a, a validation of that marriage. There's a ceremony they usually have to go through, and that's what that is. So that means she's getting more dedicated to the Catholic Church, not to Jesus, but to the Catholic Church and the Pope. So. Let me give you a little bit of advice here uh, on how to witness to her. So, for example, I was in uh, in Oculus last night in something called Big Screen, you know, the virtual world. And I was in a room having a discussion with the guys who were Roman Catholic. And um, I asked him, are all of your sins forgiven right now? And he said, no, they will be come Sunday when he goes to church and gets the Eucharist. And so... 
it became very difficult to have a conversation with him because uh, Satan often brings people into conversations in his rooms to interrupt. And this is what happened last night. It was very difficult to to have a dialogue with this guy. But the issue is, you can ask her, are all of your sins forgiven? And what she can only say as a Roman Catholic is she hopes so, or if she does enough works, or if she does enough sacraments. And what you can talk to her about is... Uh, your sins are forgiven now and you're justified now and that you just go to Jesus you don't need to go anybody you don't have to say don't go to a priest because that'll put up a barrier say you know, I just go to Jesus and Jesus forgives me because he's God and I pray to him and how could she disagree with that so what happens with Catholicism is the church replaces Jesus now they're going to say it doesn't but it does we believe that Christ is the supreme one to whom we pray and the authority from whom we, we get uh, through the scriptures. They will say that Jesus gave the authority to their church and their church has the right to distribute the sacraments through which grace is then infused into the soul. And the more infused grace you have in the soul, the more saved you are. So the church is in control of the person's salvation, the church, not Jesus. So it replaces uh, Christ with its own uh, false false uh, doctrines, false church. It's a false church, it's not a true Christian church. Okay? I really appreciate it. Um, it makes complete sense to me, and I am trying to witness to her. And my first thought was, why would you need to have the marriage? Oops, can you hold on? Okay, I'm sorry. Get, uh, con validation. Yes, we got a break, so hold on, okay? And hey, folks, we have one open line, 877 We'll be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Let's get back on with Anonymous. You still there? Yes. Thank you. Right. I do want to leave some other callers, but mm -hmm. I think when my friend told me about the convalidation, my first thought was, why would... Why would you need that? You're you're married. You're legally married. I, I just felt I just felt so confused, and I'm going yeah. to use your advice and to talk with her. Right, and uh, yeah, so because thank you so much. you're welcome. Just remember this: the Roman Catholic Church is the church and the means of salvation and everything has to be according to it so the church has to recognize your marriage recognize the baptism recognize everything and then it'll make sense why convalidation is is part of their stuff okay yeah it's Thank a big you. cult all right you're welcome all right all right let's get on the line with let's see john from north carolina john welcome you are on the air Sergeant Slick, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you fine, man. So okay. what do you got? Good, good, good. We had a little bit of trouble before. So about eight weeks or so ago, playing catch-up, you were talking about the Trinity and everything. Um, yeah. and, but you didn't mention quantum physics. Yeah, 
So, so you about quantum physics. So one zero one and zero. We still have the, the Trinity. Okay, so I'm not understanding. You with quant- so okay, go ahead. having the Trinity and everything that we see, right? Yeah. And for quantum computing, we have ones, zeros, and the state of one and zero. Yes. In quantum computing, quantum yes. Entanglement. Yes, okay. I'm familiar with it. Uh huh. So what do you so and would you agree that that's the trinity of quantum computing? No. What do you think the chances of that possibly becoming a communication channel with God? The communication channel with God is is uh, Jesus. The scriptures. Well, yes, but I'm saying to be able to actually have conversations. Have conversations with God. You can do that anytime you want. You just get on your knees and you pray and you talk to Him, and and uh, He works through circumstances and the Word to communicate back. Uh, okay. I totally agree there, but you, you understand what I'm asking, right? I I understand where you're going. I am concerned that you'll open yourself up to the occult by doing this. looking to the creation okay. as a means of communication with God. Now, I understand the ideas. When you said on, I mean, on, off, and both on, off, three states in quantum computing, I get that. But that you said, that, is that the Trinity? No, it's not the Trinity. But it no, could no, be... Said, well, like, it could be... You, a, you've explained... Uh, I understand. I understand. It could be a representation okay, of how okay. the fingerprints of God are in a quantum level. I get that. Okay. But you understand right. that you don't use Ouija boards and you don't use quantum mechanics to talk to God. No. Okay. All right. Are you with me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's how it is. And uh, there's a lot going on in quantum mechanics. I like the Copenhagen interpretation of it, uh, which requires a mind, but it's falling out of, of favor with quantum physicists. But the idea that uh, consciousness is necessary for measurement, actuality, things like this. There's some debates about that. I think the, uh, the consciousness of God gives the condition of in, not only intelligibility, but actuality. Because without his awareness and holding everything together by the exertion of his will, nothing could exist, including the entire universe. Okay? I wouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't say he's outside. No. I wouldn't say he's inside. I'd just say he relates to time and matter differently than we do. Uh, he created it, and uh, he can occupy it as well as be out or in or what or through. So you know, he's God. Okay. Fair All right, buddy. All right. Yep. Okay. Stick. Stick I have with. An answer for everything. Well, I don't know about that, but stick with the scriptures, not quantum physics. Okay. As a means of communicating with no, God. no, that was All just a things. curious question along the lines of what you were you were talking about. It just kind of hit me there, but yeah, okay, I appreciate okay. it. Sure, no problem. Uh, All right, man. Till next time. Till next time. Well, God bless. Okay. All right, let's get to Chuck from North Carolina. Chuck, welcome. You are on the air. 
Chuck. What's up, Chuck? <laughs> Chuck, are you there? Chuck. Okay, I'm not hearing you. Give you another few seconds, and then we'll move on to to Anthony. Anthony, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. I called yesterday, if you remember, and I wanted to call back in to get a little more clarification. So I just want to ask this. Is obedience to the commands of God necessary for salvation? No. Okay. So yesterday when I called, I asked um, if a Christian could murder someone and go to heaven. So mur not murdering someone is one of the Ten Commandments. So you're saying that, you know, telling people, if I tell people they can't murder someone and, go, and they won't go to heaven, I'm teaching a false doctrine. Would you agree? So I want you to do me a favor. Would you do me a favor really quickly and put your right hand in front of your face vertically so you, it's like between your eyes? Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Now look to your yep. left. Okay. Now slap yourself upside the head. Okay. Okay. We went right, over this. Yeah, we went over this. And you're not so listening. not mur you're, So you're Listen saying you said Listen yesterday after Listen I to me. Listen to me. You're not listening to what I said. We talked about a square circle. We're talking about this scenario, even a realistic scenario. You couldn't justify anything that you were saying. You deny the Trinity, deny that Jesus Christ is God in flesh. You teach that you can be, keep the level uh, of righteousness in the same level as Jesus. That's po certainly possible. Which I told you you're arrogant and you're foolish, and you are. Okay, you cannot, you cannot get around this. What you want to do like the Muslims do and others do and the cults do, what you want to say is, oh, you can murder them, just go to heaven, right? As if, oh, yeah, let's start murdering people. We can still go to heaven. Yeah, let's skip down the road holding our hands. No, that's not what we teach. The Bible well, says that's the first, logical implication of what you teach. First, first John 2, no, it's not. First John 2, 4, uh, if you say you know him and don't, don't keep his commandments, the truth is not in you and you're a liar. We're obligated to follow the love of God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is what Jesus said we're to do. But that's not what justifies us. Loving God and loving our neighbor isn't what makes us right before God. And if you want to say someone who's a true born-again Christian is going to run murdering people, he's not a true born-again Christian. You have a non-sequitur. This is what you and other false teachers do, is you bring up something that doesn't represent the opposition, and then you misrepresent it, and then you pose it back as though it's true. And it's not. So you have misrepresented well, you said, the Christian okay, well, perspective. Okay. The, the logical... Yeah, it's so much heresy. So little time. We get back. I'm going to be a little bit tough on him because he's going to need it. Uh, he's like a, ret a dog returning back to the vomit. He's not listening, not learning. Why? Not regenerate. We'll be right back, folks, after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody. Two open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Anthony back again. Okay, Anthony, go ahead. All right, here's the problem that I have with what, you, with what you're teaching. If I go out and teach people that, you know, they have to repent of their sins to be saved, then you're telling me that I'm teaching a false gospel, but that's exactly what Jesus taught. 
So you're telling me I'm a heretic for teaching what Jesus taught. Dude, where did I say you don't have to repent of your sins? For salvation, you have to repent of your sins for salvation. Oh, so is repenting of the sins doing what's right according to the law? Yes, because you have to turn from your sins. So then, the answer is yes, you said. So then you have to keep the law to be saved? Yes. Okay, you're keeping the law? the moral law, yes. Are you keeping the law? Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I don't think it matters. So you don't know. So which means you don't know. So you're not doing good enough, obviously. So you're lost by your own words. Maybe, yeah, yeah. But I don't so think everyone's be lost judged, because I, Jesus says you'll be judged by your own words. Now Paul the apostle says we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Okay. Okay, that's not what Jesus taught, though. Jesus did teach you have to repent whoa, whoa, for the whoa, forgiveness whoa, of sins. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Are you going to pick and choose what the Bible says now? No, I just think I think your understanding is incorrect about what you know what? about that because Jesus clearly Did, teaches on. in numerous locations. Hold that on, hold on. Is what Paul said inspired? Is it scripture? Um, it's is it's it? scripture. I'll give it okay. that. Well, I okay. And scripture means it's inspired. Is it inspired? Not necessarily. I don't believe all Scripture is inspired. So when when Jesus called uh, Paul the Apostle to be his Apostle uh, in Acts 9, is that accurate or inaccurate? I would probably say it's inaccurate. Okay. So Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote Acts. So was Luke wrong when he recorded what Jesus said there in Acts? Well, actually, uh, we really don't know who wrote Acts. Okay, look, I'm going to tell you something, Anthony. I got him on hold. Um, There's only so much time I'm going to waste uh, talking with someone who can't think clearly, doesn't understand the issues, is serving the evil one, and is trying to undermine the truth of who God is. He's a servant of the evil one. He's a child of the devil. And when I say that, it's not me just getting mad and throwing things out. We've already had conversations, and he's already confirmed. He denies who God is, denies who Christ is, and he's now adding works to salvation. He is a false teacher, and uh, he's not a true convert of Christ. He picks and chooses what he likes uh, out of Scripture, and he judges the Word of God. So this is the sign of, of someone who is completely unregenerate, who is completely lost. And uh, you need to pray for him. Uh, he's, he doesn't know what he's doing and can't argue critically or clearly. He doesn't understand the issues. Let's get to Mike from Ohio. Hey, Mike, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, good evening. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of glad uh, that you were dealing with that caller because that's what I was calling about from last night. Okay. Um, you know, the answer, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, please jump in and tell me I'm wrong if you think I'm wrong. Okay. Um the answer to the question, do you commit murder and still go to heaven, that's actually a pretty simple answer, in my opinion. The answer is okay. yes, if you truly are remorseful and repentant, and you repent unto God, mm-hmm. you'll be forgiven. And if you stop that action, now you keep committing murder, and you can't just keep going back and saying, God, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. God, because you're obviously not sorry. But I could be a mafia hitman and decide that mm-hmm. 
I need to repent, and God will forgive me. Well said. I mean, is that correct? Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, there was a mafia hitman who uh, became a Christian, and he repented. Jeffrey Dahmer, for example, uh, he repented, apparently. Uh, it seems okay. to be a, a true conversion and uh, in prison before he was murdered. And so those who've repented of their sins. What about people who've killed uh, the unborn in abortion? You know, uh, can they be forgiven? The answer is yes. And then there's lots of issues here. Now, he says, as a Christian, can you do it? Well, I, I think that there are conditions where a Christian can lose his cool, make a huge mistake, uh, be super angry, uh, and do what is evil. Just as David, uh, he premeditatedly had Uriah killed. Uh, you know, David, uh, Bathsheba's uh, husband. And yet he was forgiven. He repented. So what this guy is saying is, you just do it without any repentance. That's, that means you're not a Christian. You don't have any conviction. You don't have any, any issues like that. And he just doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what regeneration is, because he's not regenerate. So Exactly. And I completely, I completely agree with you in the fact that what he needs rather than... Because we're never going to convince him talking to him. You know, right. the only person that's going to convince him is God. We just need to pray for him that he... Thanks that God opens his eyes oh, and yeah. shows him truth. Absolutely correct. Yeah, because God is so, is not is not giving them that faith. It might be that God's judging him, which is why he's believing so much of of uh, demonic doctrines and teachings. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, well, I right. thank you for your time. Hey, no problem, and thanks for calling. I liked the way you said that, and good stuff, brother. Good stuff. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's get to Chuck from North Carolina. Chuck, welcome. You're on the air. Chuck. I think we lost Chuck. It's the same one from before, so I'll give him another few seconds. Chuck from North Carolina, regarding children, the family life, cannot uh, hear you. So what I'm going to do is hang up on you, and if you are hearing me, just call back, okay? All right, let's uh, get to, I guess, Carr from Las Vegas. Welcome. You are yes. here. Yeah. Hi. 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 So what do you got? Like? Yes, that's me. Yes. Hi. Hi, sir. Uh, yes, I have a son who was a pretty uh, devout Christian as of uh, seven months ago. Okay. Uh, and just all of a sudden, he just fell from the faith. And once, he once what the faith? nothing to do with it. Oh, he, he sorry? went away. Okay. I, I didn't hear the one word. Okay. He, something, the faith. So he's, he left the faith. Okay. Oh, oh. Yeah. Right, right. You know, and, and reading, you know, from, from your daughter, you know, kind of coincides with, with, with some things, you know, because he was, he was really devout, <clears throat> really into the oh, word. Let me ask you, did he you read know? stuff from my daughter or just coincidental, no. similar? Okay. Oh, no, no. I just read, I just read, you know, things from your daughter. I haven't even and, read And, uh, that, yeah. you know, and, and I just remember reading about about your daughter, you know, a few years ago, and and I'm, since my son's going through it, I'm like, wow, I, I remember reading that from your daughter, and when I looked it up again, I, I was actually hoping to read that she came back. Uh, no, but you know, I, I read the full you know the full story, and you know, I'm, I'm going through the same thing, and I, I just want to know what advice can you give me since you know you're you're living through it. 
the advice I can give you is to be loving and patient and kind and pray. And that's what I do with my daughter. Right. And, uh, you know, for those who don't know, because it's kind of become, my family's kind of public, but uh, my wife has medical conditions, issues, um, and I have three daughters. One is uh, loves the Lord, the other two don't. One is my eldest daughter, who you're talking about, and then my middle daughter is in the New Age movement. And uh, right. that's just how it is. And so my middle daughter, uh, you know, she comes over all the time, and she was here last night, as a matter of fact. And we get along fine, uh-huh. and we, we we have a game where we try and sneak up on each other and scare each other. And so she got me the last one. So, it's you know, it's on. And... Uh, and when I talk, and my wife and I talk about religious stuff, uh, you know, about the Lord, she's very patient. She hears, but she's just not there. But we pray and, and uh, right. try and intercede for her. And her other daughter, when you're talking about, uh, she's not here in this state, so we don't uh, communicate very often. I only see her uh, on holidays, basically. And so our communication is pretty low. All right, having said all of that, uh, I can say lots of stuff about her. There's a lot of stuff people don't know, and I'm not going to say it publicly. I'm not even going to write it down. But I, what I will say is that um, what you got to do is is love them and not push on them, and just be kind. Right. And you know, and, and ask God to be merciful because He's the one who draws them. So. Right. But he wants he wants nothing to do with me either. I, I don't know. See what happened yeah. was. He, he went to a trade school in, in uh, Boise, <clears throat> Idaho, and uh, when he came back, that's he was a changed person and wanted nothing to do with it. And it, it happened six months ago. He was Can you hold on? Uh, we got a break. Hold on, we got a break, buddy. I want to hear you because I live in the Boise, Idaho area here. I'm so you got me curious, folks. We'll be right back after these messages. We have several open lines: eight seven seven two zero. 72276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. There we go. All right. So just want to let you know that we stay on the air by your support. All you got to do is go to carm.org forward slash donate. C-A-R-M dot O-R-G forward slash donate. And everything you need is right there. So there you go. Let's get back on with uh, Car. Okay. You still there? Yes, sir. Yeah. So he went to a trade school in Boise. I just I live 20 minutes from Boise. I don't know if you know that. but. Oh, okay. Um, so he's not... Uh, he's not still up here right no he graduated from the trade school there and uh coming back yeah because before he was a christian you know he was getting involved in drugs and uh was very skeptical you know even growing up in the religion up into the point of about a year ago where he gave himself he surrendered he gave himself to the lord and was on fire uh he was on fire for him and uh you know going to church and even you know it led him to a I thought it was a decent church in Boise, and um, uh, 
but he just came back not wanting anything to do with it. I think he got involved in drugs again, and mm. now he's just isolated. He's 21 years old and still lives at home. Well, you know, the male brain isn't really mature till 25. Uh, drugs can uh, be bad. If he has injectable drugs, that's uh, more dangerous uh, demonically than non-injectables. But, um, so, uh, I'd be willing to talk to him if he's, you know, I mean, just offering it if he'd talk to me. Because talking to Dad, he'll, you say the same thing I will. He won't hear you, but he might hear me, that kind of thing. So, if that, right. you know, if that's all, he's open to that, I'm, I'd be willing to talk to him and, and listen. If not, okay. And then I, then I have my other son, my middle son, I mean, mm-hmm. just, uh, who just came out to say that he was gay and he's 20 years old. And uh, it, it just makes me feel like so much like a, a failure as a father. I mean, but what am I yeah, doing? I know. Yeah, I know how that um, is. So if you know about my oldest daughter, then you know a lot more, right? Yes. Do you know? Yeah. So how do you think that makes me feel? So, uh, right. yeah, there is, uh, you know... You know, you, you you try and raise your children for the Lord. You teach them. You're not perfect. You make your mistakes. And sometimes they remember only the mistakes, and they choose to follow those. And then they disregard other things. And mm-hmm. some children are, are really bad, and they do that. Other children, they see, you know, parents make mistakes. No parent's perfect. And they get it. And they just they work through it. And it's up to the the child, to that person. So your sons are making your choices. And I say this not just, hey, matter of factly, that's just way to see later. Bye. It's like they're making choices. And God is allowing them to make choices. And all we can do is just ask that God open their hearts. And... Now, like it's like your situation and mine, you know, they were in the Lord, and now they're out. Do we pray, and do we expect them to come back that they are saved, or can you well, walk away from them? No, no, you can't lose your salvation. But um, the Bible says they were not from us because they never were of us. If they had been of us, right, they would have remained. That's what I fear. Yeah. Now, there's things I could say about my daughters, which I'm not going to. But there, there's always two sides to stuff. And what the other, but the public hears is one side. But I've never even read what my daughter has said. And mm-hmm. people have used her against me and things like that. And I refuse to, so to speak, give the other side. Because right. as Christ went to that cross, people spit on him, yelled at him, and hate him. I'm not comparing myself to Jesus, but the example of not answering back and to love nonetheless. This is what we're to do. And this is what you're to do. And it's hard. Right. It, it's just, it's hard. It is. Especially when they live with you and, you know, they know mm-hmm. where I stand, especially my, my son that claims mm-hmm. to be gay, and I, I can't even mention it. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, if I were in your situation, I would say uh, you're welcome to be here and stay here. and uh, But that practice is not allowed here. It's just, that can't happen. Right. It won't happen. And you can't, 
bring over your so to speak partners and expect me to approve this is not because I don't love you because I serve my Lord and that's it and you know and they they're mature enough you know that they can understand where you're coming from and be respectful of that and if they're not they need to get out it's just it Right. It's not because you want to kick them out. But, but, but what, you s- what you mentioned earlier, what you mentioned earlier, though, I'm just a mm-hmm. few minutes ago, uh, mm-hmm. where they were never, they were never exactly. of us, or they were never mm-hmm. left, or you know, they're saved and they're just going through rebellious. Is that something we just we will never know? It's it's only between God and them. Yeah, that that's correct. Um, people can be saved and go through a rebellious stage, and it could be enigmatic how that's possible and yet God has never left them. And that is possible. So, But we have to consider them as being unsaved and treat them as unbelievers, not in a disrespectful, condemning, mocking way, but we treat unbelievers differently than believers. You know, we pray for them and their salvation. And, we, you, know, you know, there's just differences. And that's what you do. And it's, it's not easy. It's, a, it's an anchor around the heart that you drag around everywhere. Right. I guess, I mean, it just leads me, I mean, I, I don't know if you recall uh, Billy Graham's, when, when he was getting into the ministry and he had a partner and they said, I forget his name, but this partner was supposed to be mm-hmm. bigger and, and better than him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and do uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I forget his name, but yeah, he went apostate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah, it totally fell away. But I mean, this is somebody that, brought thousands of people to the Lord and, and, and he was into it and I remember Lee Strobel he's the one he interviewed him before he died and I, I was just trying to grab him asking the question you know were you saved that you walked away that you even thought you were saved and, and that's what just leaves me puzzled you know that well, you here's the that thing. much into the Lord fall away Yes, uh, because there is going to be an apostasy of individuals as well as the church as a whole. And the Bible talks about those who grow up having believed for a while, then they fall away. There's different kinds of belief in the Bible. But when God grants that we believe, he grants it that, we, that it's in Christ. That's John, uh, Philippians one twenty nine and John 6.29. And he says he will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13 talks about this. And so if Jesus canceled our sin debt at the cross, then it means all of our sin is canceled. We can't lose it. So the issue here then becomes, what is going on in the spiritual level? And we can't say. Uh, I, have, I have friends who would not agree with me that a, a Christian can, can drift that far. I believe it's possible. Right. And that God can yank his leash uh, when they get so far away. That you know, there's a reason for it. But I believe it's possible, right. not normative. So we can... But, but still, since we don't know, we pray for their salvation as though they're unbelievers. And that's what I do with my two oldest daughters. Is as far as I'm concerned, they have rejected God, rejected Christ, rejected the truth. They've made their own decisions. They know better. They've been taught, and they reject Him for their own prideful reasons. Because that's what it ultimately comes down from, comes down to. And it's not a mock or a right. judgment. It's just this is what we understand scripturally, and so we pray for them. And all my children are welcome in the home, and and stuff like that. But we won't allow their sin in the home. And they know that, and they're, they they know any problem with that, you know, they're fine. So, right. But you still yeah. you still hold on to the hope and praying that they come back. Absolutely, 
my wife and I pray for them basically every night. Maybe once a month we might miss one, but we pray for them all the time. Okay. Right, right. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm reminded of a story I heard about a woman praying for her son for something like 30 years. And she just kept praying. Mm-hmm. And he was gone. And then before she passed away, he became a Christian. Wow. Know, I just never forgot that. Like 30 years. And, uh, okay. Right. So. And you do read yeah. stories like that. So just never give up. Never give up. As long as they're alive, then they have hope. And once they die, I stop praying for them. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no choice at that point. They made their fate. That's right. That's right. And um, the world is but getting... But to ask you, do you go through the same thing I'm going through? Or you just go back and forth? Are they saved in a rebellion, or are they never were of us? Do you go back what and I forth say, with that? Yeah, I, sometimes, but not very often. I, I just say, Lord, uh, I don't know. I consider them unbelievers, which logically would mean they never were saved. And I, I you know, like I said, I can't say certain things. I, I just don't want to. But I've observed certain things with them growing up that, mm-hmm. you know, how legit this and that. And so, uh, you know, all you can do is just, just love them, you know, and love them, yeah. even when they say bad things about you. I remember one of our, our friend, one of our daughters had a friend who lived here with us, lived with us. And uh, we were helping her out a great deal. And then she went out, uh, you know, moved out after a few months and found out that she was talking real evil stuff about me. Eh, I don't say evil, very disrespectful and con- condemning things about me personally. And right. I met her afterwards and I said, I'm surprised why you would say that. I said, you know, I, I've, I loved you, and and we, we helped you. And I said, why would you say that? And she looked at me, and she goes, I don't know. She goes, it's just, she goes, you're a great guy. He says, I don't know why I did. I said, you realize it hurt? Right. And it's not true. And I said, look, I'm going to tell you something. You're still welcome in our house. All right? It's okay. Right. You're still welcome. And... Yeah, that's all you can do. Right. And, you know, and I learned from you, you know, just watching a lot of your videos uh, along with uh, Jeff Durbin, you know, just, I mean, some of the, I mean, had some fantastic dialogues with, with Mormons and that they, they, Mm -hmm. they're stumped in a corner. They have no response, but they still choose Mm -hmm. to stay with it. Yep. And it's not comprehensible to me, but I guess they're blind. They're blind. That, yeah. That's why right. we got to pray. And Jeff's a great guy, and uh, we've done his conference together, and and uh, we've talked a few times. He's a good man. He loves right. the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Same with James White. I, I said, yeah. And, yeah, and you guys had. I mean, gosh, I, I wish I could talk to people like like you guys do. You know, it's uh, you, you guys do a great job, and uh, I, I, I still. It just amazes me how they still walk away with, with not wanting who Christ really is. Right. You know? So what I pray is, Lord, if they're not elect, please elect them. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, I don't know how it works. Oh, there's the music. All right. All right. Okay, brother. Well, I appreciate God bless, your- man. Okay, thanks. 
And sorry, Allie from Virginia. You know, you have a comment about Jesus. I want to hear it. I hope you call back tomorrow and we can talk. And I apologize for the long wait, but that's just how it went. So, folks, there you go. By God's grace, we're back on here tomorrow. And hopefully, you'll be tuning in. So may the Lord bless you. Have a great evening. Another program powered by the Truth Network.